Support for this podcast comes from the Peabody Essex Museum, presenting Our Time on Earth. Rediscover life on Earth through immersive artworks that reveal our incredible, irreplaceable natural world. On view now. Learn more at pem.org. Funding for this podcast comes from MathWorks, creators of MATLAB and Simulink software, accelerating the pace of engineering and science. Learn more at MathWorks.com. WBUR Podcasts, Boston. I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and you're listening to The Common. Seth Daniel, news editor for the Dorchester Reporter. How you doing? I'm good, Daryl. How are you? Excellent. So, Seth, before we get started, I want to tell you a quick story. All right. I ran the Boston Athletic Association's half marathon last year, Mm -hmm. right? It was my first half ever. We started in Franklin Park, and we ran along the Emerald Necklace into Brookline and then back into Franklin Park, Mm -hmm. finishing at White Stadium. Right. Now, I'd never been to the stadium before, and Mm -hmm. I knew little about it, especially the fact that there's a proposal to renovate it so that a professional soccer team can play there. That's right. But for today's episode, things get interesting because a group of area residents and the Emerald Necklace Conservancy recently filed a lawsuit to halt that plan, which they say is unconstitutional. Right. That's a big word these days, right? <laughs> so, Seth, you reported on this, so yes. I want you to break it down for us. Tell us more about the plan mm-hmm. and why it led to this lawsuit. Well, the plan began to be talked about um, in Mayor Michelle Wu's State of the City, where she announced that she was going to renovate the stadium as part of like an overall school's renovation plan. So the city, one of the first things they did was they put out a request for proposals known as an RFP looking to see if they could attract someone who might be interested. And they did attract an entity, and that was um, an investment group that's looking to bring a women's professional soccer team to Boston. There have been other women's professional soccer teams, but this is a new league. You might have caught last summer, it had a lot of screen time um, Mm -hmm. on television, um, even on network television. And, you know, it's attracted, um, I mean, women's soccer, women's sports in general are attracting a lot more players. Yep. And they're also attracting a lot more viewers. Um, Mm -hmm. So this was an interesting proposal. And the city um, moved forward with it and began to talk to residents, park advocates about the idea last summer. It was with a lot of curiosity at first because there was this big Franklin Park plan, like a master plan that had been talked about for a long time through COVID, endless Zoom meetings but was actually came out with a ward. Mm-hmm. And it was going to bring Franklin Park into the future. And White Stadium was a big White part Stadium of that. White Stadium was a part of that. Renovation of it was, was part of that. And, and even down to things like taking care of the trees. And a lot of the trees are in bad shape. So it had a lot of details in it. One thing that wasn't considered was a women's professional soccer team for White Stadium. Oh. So this is a new development after we did the plan. Yeah. And people were curious about it. And the, the phrase I've heard most often since then was the devil's in the details. So, wait, another interesting aspect you just made Mm -hmm. clear to me is that the city set this in motion. Yes. So the city and Boston Unity Soccer are are working together on this plan, um, which they officially released um, in December. Do we have a timeline for the plan? The plan, um, well, it's changed a little bit, but initially they were going to start demolishing parts of the stadium. They want to demolish White Stadium. Yeah, March or April, most of it. And that's not altogether a bad idea. I mean, there are parts of it that caught fire in the 80s, and supposedly there were insurance payments, but they didn't get fixed. 
Tell me more about the actual lawsuit itself. Right. What's the argument at the center of the lawsuit? Yeah, so we have 16 people, um, citizens, who filed the lawsuit with the Emerald Necklace Conservancy uh, last week. The argument at the center of the lawsuit revolves around public lands and what you can do with public lands with a private entity. Um, It's a philosophical debate, hence the unconstitutionality claim. So one of the things those who filed the lawsuit believe is that, um, that they need to go through this process, which is often called Article 97. Officially, it is the Public Lands Protection Act, which was created in the 1970s to protect parks, parks mm-hmm. like Franklin Park. That is the crux of it. Usually there's a large process. If you are trying to do something private um, on a public space, particularly a protected one like this, you need to go through this process. It's a state process. It requires the legislature to waive Article 97. You also have to go through an extensive environmental permitting process. It's a long haul. How has the city responded to this lawsuit? The city doesn't think the claims are without merit. And according to the mayor, um, she mentioned last week, that when they, when they ran it through their legal, this is different. Like if they were to come in and build a new stadium in Franklin Park, this, that would trigger all those Article 97 and all the weeds of environmental permitting. But since it's an existing stadium and they're just renovating it, even though they're renovating it completely and, and making it almost a new structure, the fact that it was already there means that they don't have to go through this process. And the park advocates disagree um, vehemently enough so to file a lawsuit. What's the community around uh, the park and the stadium saying about this? Yeah, so the park is is bounded by different communities on different sides. You have the JP side, the Roxbury side, the Dorchester side, and then Mattapan. A lot of people don't realize Mattapan does border it, and mm-hmm. it does. In different parts of different places have different points of view. Um, JP, because they're closest to the stadium, that neighborhood there is is mostly concerned about traffic. Roxbury, too, because a lot of the plans would have people, there is no parking, right? So you have upwards of maybe, you know, at their very best, they're talking about 10,000 people in the stands. And so one of the plans is to Uber people there and let them out um, on Seaver Street, which is in Roxbury. Mm -hmm. Um, And there would be a, a place where everybody would be getting out. There's a shuttle plan that hasn't really been spelled out completely. Satellite parking where they're are no lots. There's not a lot of details that have been spelled out yet. And that's also the anxiety that a lot of the communities, let's say in Dorchester and Mattapan are feeling. There are a lot of streets bordering the park, which, you know, there's a lot of street parking, right? So people are a little anxious that people are going to drive up and all of a sudden, oh man, yeah, on a Saturday afternoon when typically you're out washing your car, (laughs) doing all that. Now all of a sudden you've got a hundred people with with women's soccer uh, jerseys pulling up, and you're like, where did they come from? Yeah. So there's some anxiety about that. Is it realistic? It could be. Man, well, Seth, I want to take a quick break, mm-hmm. but um, when we get back, right. I want to talk more about the stadium itself. Okay. And I also want to get into a little bit of the history of women's professional soccer in Boston, just a little bit. Okay. So we'll be right back. The world's clean energy future relies on ancient elements still in the ground. Without mining, there will not be a clean energy transition. But pulling them out of the ground comes at an environmental and human cost. Mining is intrusive, but the results are the building blocks for products that we use every single day. I'm Meghna Chakrabarty. Join me on point for Elements of Energy, Mining for a Green Future, five special episodes. Listen and follow On Point wherever you get your podcasts. 
did you kill Marlene Johnson? I think you're one of the first people to have actually asked. From WBUR and ZSP Media, this is Beyond All Repair, a new podcast about an unsolved murder that will leave you questioning everything. Somebody should be in jail for murdering my sister. A woman who's never been believed. As long as they think I have done this, then they're not looking for who actually did this. And that's what makes it a cold case. No, it's a botched case. And a search for the truth, once and for all. Wow, it just gets more interesting. Beyond All Repair. Listen and follow wherever you get your podcasts. Be careful. You're digging in a place that's been very peaceful for a while. Do it anyway. Dig. And we're back with Seth Daniel of the Dorchester Reporter. So, Seth, we just talked about White Stadium and the lawsuit. I just want to learn more about White Stadium itself Mm -hmm. and its significance to the neighborhood surrounding it. Well, White Stadium is an interesting feature in Franklin Park. It was built for... Uh, the term was the schoolboys of Boston, right? Mm-hmm. So at the time, that's who played sports. Women play sports now, clearly. There are also community events like the Caribbean Festival holds their kitty carnival there. They choose the king and queen of carnival there. And there's a lot of other activities. There's the um, the BAMS Fest, which is a, a soul and rhythm and blues music festival. A number of other things have been there. The Puerto Rican Festival used to be there. The Dominican Festival still is there. It's well used. It's busy. But White Stadium has always been where, um, I mean, I I watched football games there. Thanksgiving rivalry games are there. Mm. East Boston, South Boston used to be there. Latin Academy and Latin School, two of the three of exam schools, um, play their home games, football there. So now how can this proposal Mm -hmm. with the city and Boston Unity Soccer Partners, how could it impact all of that? Well, that's where it's become tricky. Um, The city has broken it down very well about how there would be more time because right now the the place isn't well taken care of, not only the actual stands and and the infrastructure, but the the grass itself, the turf, the pitch, um, and the track. So that's all going to be new. And when it's new, you can use it more. And so, for instance, soccer um, games, would there be more games? Um, There would be more teams that could play there from Boston Public Schools, more use out of it. There's going to be no conflict in the season. They've checked that out with, like, say, the Caribbean Festival events and some of the other things. There could be more community events. Um, Where they've run into trouble right off the bat is that this was built for football. (laughs) This is a stadium built for football. And they have already told the two football teams that play there that most of their games, would they'd have to leave. And which teams are those? Boston Latin Academy and Boston Latin School. So we're talking about, between the two of them, 10 to 12 home games a year. This is where they play their home games. And now, Seth, I want to get into the history of women's professional soccer in Boston because we've actually had a team here before, right? Mm -hmm. Um, so, So tell us more about that. There's been some efforts, and, and none of them quite worked out. Um, the breakers like that folded, I mean, one of the biggest problems they had, they played at BU here, and it wasn't their own stadium. Other teams, women's professional teams, even men's professional teams throughout the country, do much better when they have their own stadium. Mm-hmm. Um, and this is what the women's soccer team was looking for. They needed their own place to play, and they thought White Stadium was a good fit. Let's say the plan somehow works out. How can that benefit the city? 
I mean, that's why people were so intrigued by it, even in the surrounding neighborhoods, even maybe the people suing right now were intrigued by it at first because it brings in a huge investment. So number one, the city's spending 50 million on it, but then the soccer partners bring an extra 30. So it takes it from a very serviceable, you know, municipal stadium to a professional stadium. Mm -hmm. um, so that is a big benefit. But the other thing is that they've, they've talked about forming like um, youth soccer leagues. So there could be a, a real synergy where this is being used for young people. The worry is that youth sports is dominated by what's called club teams, which is a really high steep price to get involved in. And maybe they would find that interesting and then they start coming in and mm -hmm. then they're the partner. And there's always a worry in, in these neighborhoods that once you build something good, someone else is going to like it mm -hmm. and, and claim it as their own. What's next from here? The lawsuit has been right. filed. Right. Um, the lawsuit's been now? filed. Um, there's been some meetings. For instance, there was an official city review meeting that was supposed to be this week that had to be canceled. There was a zoning amendment really into the weeds, but really paved the way for this to happen legally. Um, that's had to be pulled um, from consideration for the time being. You know, it feels like it's kind of things are a little bit on hold right now for that pro the whole project. Um, and I think the city has alluded, we've reported too, that they, they kind of want to slow down a little bit, um, but they still want that 2026 completion date. Seth, thanks so much for coming through. If people want to find you on social media, where can they go? Uh, we're on X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, I am at Right Hand Man, that's W-R-I-T-E. And, of course, at Dot News as well. That's news editor for The Dorchester Reporter, Seth Daniel. And that's our show for today. Thank you so much for listening to The Common. Hey, if you like what you're hearing, please go to wherever you listen to podcasts, especially Apple or Spotify. Rate and review us. Let us know how you're liking the show. Thank you to everybody who's already done it. And with that, I'm Daryl C. Murphy, and I'll talk to you tomorrow. Tomorrow.